0: So, for me, in my attitude and my approach, and it's a meditation, right? I have to remind myself it's an affirmation, right? I'm here to do work. I'm here to grow. I've chosen this partner. And the painful things that come are just a part of those lessons, right? They're an additional part of those lessons. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to. You know, don't get married. Go live by yourself. That's just fine. It's a fine choice, you know. But if you choose partnership, you're choosing challenge.
1: My name is Augustine Colebrook, and I'm the principal at Midwifery Wisdom Collective. I speak on this podcast about big picture, political issues, and the future of our profession.
0: Hey, y'all. I am Jamara, and I'm a midwife.
1: I'm also a birth justice activist, and this season, I am looking forward to sharing stories of Black midwives and the communities they serve.
0: Hello, beloved birth community. I'm Angela Love nurse midwife since 2004 preceptor and mother i have a home birth practice called midwife love and a national telehealth practice called midwife rx my mission is to keep birth choices available and to educate the next generation of midwives for our daughters and grandchildren matriarchy now
1: i'm layla wyatt i get to share with you the voices of student midwives from across the country and beyond This season, we focus on those students who just graduated, are about to sit for the NARM, or did yesterday, and we get tips and tricks for you for what happens at the end of the student midwife journey. For our listeners, um, let's let's introduce you because there's a man on the Midwifery Wisdom Podcast. Who is this guy? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tell us about yourself.
0: Okay. Well, my my name is Adam Rawson. Um, I live uh, currently in Northern California. Uh, I run a small uh, planning and design firm focused on sustainable development and permaculture. Uh, for 25 years, I've been married to the love of my life, Lisa Rawson, uh, of Mountain Valley Midwifery. Uh, we we have five children together, and we've uh, helped to raise three more. And uh, yeah, when I'm not fathering and husbanding and working, uh, I like to be outside and fish and hike and, and that kind of thing, so that's me and that's True show.
1: California mountain man, that's how yeah. I picture you. I've seen you that out there in the mountains. Well, yeah. you're you're um, obviously married to one of my good friends, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know both of you vicariously through each other in some ways, but you're married to a midwife, and I that's am. what we're here to talk about. So um, I'm just going to jump right in, if that's okay.
0: Sure, let's do it.
1: What's the best part of being married to a midwife? Like, not just Lisa, but like the whole concept. What's the best part of it?
0: Right. Well, um, there are a lot of good things. Um, if I spill a gallon of paint in my garage, there's always a Chuck's pad really close by. That's nice. <laughs> um, just kidding. No, that that did happen, Um, Fantastic. but um, gosh, there's a lot of good things. Um, I think, you know, I think one of the great things about it is uh, I think a lot of us know that in order to be truly satisfied in life, you want to engage in an activity and work um, that's satisfying, that has heart, that has meaning. And to be married to somebody who's engaged in that way in her life, in that level of satisfaction, Um, makes me very happy to see my to see my partner that happy. Um, It it also makes me happy to be a part of her team. And in some small way, I feel like I'm contributing to that, that greater purpose um, by supporting her. Um, So that's really good. Mm. You also get a lot of a lot of gravitas in the community, you know, people love (laughs) her everywhere. And so everywhere I go, I get, you know, I get to meet nice people and and they're very grateful for her service. So, but they're a lot. They of love reasons.
1: you because you love her. Yeah. Well, so um, there are a lot of uh, new midwives who follow our channel. And I'm wondering if you could take a moment and talk to their partners. What What advice would you give? Like, what has made it work for 25 years? Because, I mean, right. let's be honest, midwifery is one of the most demanding professions. Uh, how how has it worked? what What do you give advice? What kind of advice do you give?
0: Yeah, yeah, as I understand it, um, th- a lot of marriages don't work when one of the partners is engaged in in midwifery. a lot of partnerships have trouble in that way. Um, you know, marriage in any partnership with any occupation is is difficult and challenging and painful and hard. Um, even more so, I think, when you've got a a partner who's engaged in that kind of demanding work. Um, so a lot of the advice I'd give, you know, to to, to folks engaged in a partnership um, with a midwife would be similar to what I would advice I'd give to anybody in a marriage, in that there's hard there's hard work to do, and it's not easy, but if you can push through and 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 find a way to make it work, then it's 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 worth it on the other end. Um, I I don't know I don't know exactly what the the numbers are, but I, I believe that most marriages or partnerships last about five years. Most couples seek counseling at about seven years. So the way those two line up, it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, most people should be looking for help before they do. Um, you know, we work through marriage in the early days, it's all a love affair. And then we very soon come up against things that we we, we, we we don't like and we can't stand and we can't work with. And we do everything we can often if we're both in it to win it, to really push through and resolve those those issues and those problems. Hopefully that's, you know, communication and negotiation and agreement with our partner. But eventually, we come up against a wall where we've used all of our tools and we just don't know what to do beyond that. Um, and that's the time. And I think
1: everyone experiences that, right? I, think I mean, so, that's not yeah. that's not unique. They're kind of all long-term partners, partnerships experience moments. Right. Or where long, we just, prolonged. hmm
0: We get to a place where we just have nothing else that we know how to do. And so at that point, mm-hmm. you know, I use the analogy if you're if you're um, you know, for me, if I'm building something in the shop and I come to realize i need a hammer but i only have a wrench well i've got to go to the store and acquire a hammer so whether that's consulting with um family members or friends or more experienced folks or or counseling marriage counseling is one of the things that helped us get through i think you have to acknowledge when it's time to go beyond what you came with and and find what you need to get through
1: yeah um What kind of resources have you guys relied on for, it's 25 years, right? You've been together 25 years.
0: It's about right. Yeah. 20, 25 years or so. I think we've been married 23 and we were together three, four, five years before that. So, um,
1: you have any like rituals or like things that, that like reset when you're struggling or when it's been a long birth and money's tight or something like that? Like, how do you, how do you get through
0: it? yeah we um we had a period of time I, I think it was probably five or six or seven years where where we did come up against that wall and we were in a pretty tough place and didn't know where to go with it. Um, we did a lot of talk with the family members who had been in long marriages or failed marriages or successful marriages, and the advice we got was for marriage counseling. So we actually went in for counseling and we were lucky enough to uh, connect with a very skilled counselor who helped us to um, to to gain some new tools. And I think a big part of that, uh, an aha moment for both of us was when we sat in the room and and she said, you know, neither one of you are really realizing or acknowledging that you're a team and a partnership. You've gotten hurt and you're backed up and you're angry and you just have forgotten why you got together in the first place. And that was because you are excellently suited to be partners. So take that moment and realize to acknowledge that we're in this together um, and to take time together. She advised me to go out on date nights and just forget all of the worldly troubles and just get back to that place of, of joy and love that we first had when we were first together. So I think over the years, we've reminded each other, you know, it's it's time to just kind of take some time together and go have a play date, really. Go have some fun together. Mm. The troubles of the world just never stop, you know? So you've got to take those moments to get out. Yeah.
1: When I'm counseling, um, young families, I always say, um, you have to get the priority of time, right. Or mm-hmm. the marriage is, is always going to struggle. And so for me, tell me if this rings true for you, this is what mm-hmm. I tell people. You need to do something for yourself every day, mm-hmm. every day, even when the babies are small, five minutes, light a candle, say a prayer, take a shower, something that's just for you, whatever needs to be done that day. Yeah. You need yeah. to do something for the couple every week.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so I recommend this weekly date night as well you don't have to spend money you can just you know have dinner together watch a funny movie journal together make art go on a walk like but there needs to be some kind of date every week
0: and then you do something
1: for the family every month Mm. and I think a lot of people have that reversed and they like try to squeeze themselves in at the end of the whole process or like forget that their marriage is a priority and I love to hear you say that how's that ring true for you?
0: That, that sounds right. It's really important, um, re- really important to invest in each of those things and manage your time, uh, balance, work mm-hmm. balance. So, so I'm self-employed, Lisa's self-employed. It was difficult in the beginning to prioritize the things that needed to be, right? You just want to give it full bore to the wall on the business because you're trying to succeed. And then you find that you're maybe working weekends, you're working past dinner, and then other pieces of your life start to fall away. Um, one way that, Lisa and then you and add broke, on call
1: to that, and it's a disaster, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, it's faster. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I think the first when Lisa fully committed to her midwifery studies full time, uh, the very first time she was called out on a birth was Christmas Eve, uh-huh. and for me that was like yep. very metaphorical, like okay, this is this is what we're doing. Um, and, you know, another thing too is is to have these um, consistently have conversations and, and- renegotiate. And come to agreement right a lot of people are just passive in their marriage and, and marriage just kind of happens to them um whereas lisa and i approach it as this is an agreement you know all of the things that maybe are unspoken about this is your job and this is my job making an agreement and then you feel proactive in your marriage you feel like i have agreed to this role so that's helped quite a bit and, and it yeah. that needs to be reneg- renegotiated over time so as life changes
1: it does yeah and it's it is ongoing negotiation like you said well Mm -hmm. so um I'm sure you've been privy to lots of questions or lots of stories lots of lots of midwifery over the years
0: yeah
1: yeah, Um, yeah. I'm kind of curious like what sticks out for you like what's the most memorable or the the most surprising from like things that you're told from her
0: Well, as you know, Lisa's a rural home birth midwife or has been for the majority of her practice. Um, And here in Northern California, in the hills and the valleys, um, we have some pretty gnarly backwoods kind of homesteads. And so hearing stories of her, you know, traveling at three in the morning in mud as deep as your ankles, in snow on the side of cliffs, out in the middle of nowhere, you know, three hours out to a home birth in a teepee, you know, and then having to transport by helicopter—God forbid—once in a while. I mean, just it, these insane superhero-like activities that she does um, is just mind-blowing and and a little shaking, right? You you worry about your spouse in these conditions, right? That yeah. that was something that I didn't anticipate would come with the program. It's just being concerned for her. For her safety yeah
1: her actual safety yeah mm-hmm. and, and um I practiced a few hours north of her we we're in this special kind of emerald triangle as they mm-hmm. call it so there's um you know oftentimes some like a lot of people carrying guns and a lot of people like off grid and a lot of people in kind of some sketchy realities it's gotten better as life has gotten more legal around the green Mm -hmm. industry but it's kind of I remember being like legitimately scared of um you mix you know guns and mental health and it's always kind of a challenge and I sure I agree like it's kind of scary to think about some of the situations that Mm -hmm. we're in how did you deal with that
0: well one of the good things is that in almost every culture, uh, people love and respect a midwife. And so w- while she's entering into these zones where it, it's kind of a no-fly zone for, if you, unless you live there, her having the placard on the side of her car, um, the community knowing that a midwife is coming. Um, I can recall one story where there was actually a, a kind of an armed militia at the front gate of this development area. Um, And, you know, when they acknowledge she's a midwife, they kind of wave, wave her through. Um, How did I deal with it? Um, I guess we just, we work together. Um, She's accommodating to my concerns. Um, We work together with things like, one of the things that really works for me is now, anytime she's going to a birth, she texts me the address. I know where it's at. I know where she's going. I know the other midwives that might be there. So at least I have some sense of Kind of where she's headed where she'll be when she'll be back um when she leaves the birth to come home she'll text me on my way so it kind of keeps me in the loop as far as what's going on and you know when i can expect her to be home and that kind of thing and that that somewhat puts puts you at rest somewhat <laughs> but yeah. um you know these things are just difficult just the way it is
1: yeah yeah wow It's so intense. Well, so what has she missed in the years as a midwife Hmm. in your family or couple life?
0: Well, we were fortunate enough. um, You know, when we came together um, and we had young children, you know, we were aligning our values that we wanted to have a parent at home with the kids in those early years. Uh, We both agreed on that, which was fortunate. Um, A lot of times the way you align with your partner is luck. Right. Hopefully, you know, it's easy to fall in love, but, you know, hopefully you align on things like religion, how to raise the kids, that kind of stuff. But we both acknowledged that we wanted a parent home um, because she was nursing and, you know, she nursed for 13 years solid. But because she was the one nursing, she decided to stay home and care for the children while I worked. Um, so we had that early, early time where mom could be home with the kids. And, you know, truth be told, I, I working full time missed out on some of that part. Um, But I don't regret the decision. It was a sacrifice financially. Um, But over the years, now, you know, we've got the kids are older. Um, She does miss out on on a number of things. Like there would be, um, you know, maybe it's a school play on a Tuesday night that, you know, boom, she's called out for her birth. Um, A Christmas, for instance, um, a birthday, a family gathering. Um, And that's unfortunate and, and oftentimes sad. But again, we've kind of proactively made this agreement and this understanding of what this is. So while there's sometimes a sadness about missing these things, there's never, there's never a resentment. There's never a, a resentment about the fact that ah she didn't make, you know, she didn't make this event again. Um, so again, that yeah. agreement, that agreement helps.
1: But that's a good idea. Like, but that's your, like, that's the brilliance of your relationship of what you've negotiated It's like, mm you've made space in your heart and in your life for all of it, for whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, and I just want to dig into this a little bit because mm-hmm. there are so many divorces in midwifery. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many troubled relationships, um, like where does it come from in your heart, in your head, in your life, in your experience? Where does it come from you where you're like a hundred percent, I'm here for this.
0: Well, it's a good question. I think, you know, maybe it's a con, uh, combination of things. Um, you know, for one, these are, these are skills and uh, things we became conscious of when we worked through in, in our counseling sessions. Um, but for me, for me personally, and it's just my personality type, I always wanted, I always knew that if I were to join up with a partner, um, I wanted that partner to be um, all that, all that she could be. Um, I wanted her to be powerful and realized and, you know, kicking butt in the world, strong. Um, And that's what I got, you know, my wife. (laughs) Um, So for (laughs) me,
1: exactly what you got. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. (laughs) For
0: sure. For sure. Um, I kind of came to the table with that um, to begin with. So I, I recognize yeah. how it's difficult for other, I, I, I see other, you know, colleagues who are having struggles in their marriage where that's not, that's not the approach. You know, some partners- It's want not. A partner that's just, you know, quiet and compliant and easy. Um, so yep. that's, that's gonna be exceptionally difficult to integrate into that, into that lifestyle. And I think it's worth mentioning too that um, when midwives are making the, their decisions, um, about going into midwifery and in what capacity, right? There are a lot of different capacities, you know, rural home birth midwife in a solo practice versus on-call shift, structured shift at a, at a birth center. I think, you know, a good piece of advice for, would be for, for a midwife to really take full assessment of her life, um, her family needs, her partner, her own values, and, and to make some decisions about where, where she's gonna fit into the midwifery spectrum. Um, with a realistic sense of how that's going to affect mm-hmm. her life, I that's think a lot of people really don't do that. It seems like a lot of midwives um, and any anybody in any profession just gets kind of sucked in, and is all of a sudden mm-hmm. finds themselves in a situation where they're overloaded and overworked, and it's not working. So, kind of making some decisions ahead of time, mm-hmm. taking an assessment would probably be helpful. Being
1: realistic, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Realistic about what it yeah, I would me. say yeah. I
1: also see. I see a lot of home birth midwives kind of downplay like mm-hmm. the, someone will be like, how's your, do- Oh, it's just beautiful. You know, we just could like, catch babies and it's just beautiful. And like, certainly those are both part of the job, but they aren't always yeah. clear about everything. And when you're talking mm-hmm. with someone who doesn't understand midwifery, sure. you, you might gloss over it, but what, like what you're saying, when you're talking with your partner, mm-hmm. um, either you're already in midwifery and you're, you're attracting a potential partner or you're already partnered and you're looking at moving into midwifery talking it really through and there's a huge difference like you're saying Uh, working Mm -hmm. a shift um in a birth center is really different than being the only one who makes sure whether two people live and die 24 hours a day for months and years on end that's a Mm -hmm. very different reality yeah
0: Yeah. and i see it i've seen it before with lisa's colleagues where it's a similar situation there's been a um, a partner maybe at home with children Um, they have an existing system and then it's just the announcement. I'm going to be a midwife and, and the partner's like, Oh, okay, great. And, you know, maybe neither one, especially the partner doesn't really understand what that is. And then all of a sudden life is changing so quickly and so drastically, and there's not been a discussion and there seems to be a resentment, you know, it makes, it makes me uh, cringe when I hear, uh, you know, of a, of a partner who's just like, Oh, great. She's gone again. You know, I mean, it's like, wow, you, you folks really should have had this conversation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's both ways. Like it's the conversation between the two, but then it's like what you're suggesting, the midwife really taking stock. How much am I going to work? How much am I going to be on call? How long am I going to be gone? Well, so speaking of being gone, um, uh, there's always this kind of running joke in midwifery that uh, every time you have sex, the phone rings. Does this happen in your life?
0: (laughs) Well... (laughs) You can uh, be honest. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, again, anybody that has their own business knows this, right? That you're, you're okay. constantly, you have to be on point, um, especially yes. if you're on call. Um, so I think Lisa does a pretty good job of segregating work from home. Um, mm-hmm. for, ince- mm-hmm. for instance, a policy she has with her clients is when you're in labor, you call me, you don't text me. Right. So if right. we get a if we get a ping in the middle of the night or the morning or whenever it may be that we're together, um, she's not running to the phone to pick up a text. And, and neither am I. Uh-huh. If the phone rings, right. um Someone's you, serious. You about gotta roll something. with you yeah. gotta roll with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just part of the yeah. um, so it
1: which is kind of a good idea because then we're really talking about training your clients to mm-hmm. use technology appropriately.
0: Right. And that's right. a whole
1: nother subject. Which sure. Is really Ong-
0: ongoing issue, mm-hmm. right. The, the text at five 30 mm-hmm. in the morning. And she says, you know, well, I've got a bit of a you know, three months in and she's, I've got a little bit of a stomachache. Do you think I need to, you know, Yeah. so tra- training those clients by not responding to those texts at four 30 in the that's morning right. on a Sunday, you know what I mean? that's right that's right every client is to be
1: different yeah yeah some some take it a little easier than others and some are pretty high needs because of Mm -hmm. trauma history or whatever's going on but um you just said something that's like i'm really passionate about and i talk about a lot and that is like boundary setting and boundaries um yeah and you saying uh you train them by not answering and i think that's Mm -hmm. just such good advice Mm -hmm. um yeah if they need something they will call uh-huh. And you just don't answer those texts outside of your normal business hours. That's what it's for. It just sits there and waits
0: for you. Right. And, and to answer your question yeah. more directly, if we are sharing intimate time and the kids pound on the door or the text goes off, we ignore it. And we t- we yep. hold that okay. time to be sacred. If the phone rings, yep. we stop and she takes the call and we go back to it. Yep. And we try to be humorous yeah. about it and lighthearted about it. There's no sense yeah. in yeah. There's no sense in getting angry about the things you've agreed to.
1: Yeah, and that's just wisdom right there. That's just like a big old wisdom mic drop right there. There's no sense in being upset about the things you've agreed to. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Well, so, um, Adam, I want to talk about, like, kind of the shadow side, because, I mean, you, you obviously have done a tremendous job. You guys are 25 years in and deeply committed and deeply in love. I know you both, and it's amazing. Uh, you're really... Um, you're really mentors in this area. But um, there's some really not great parts about midwifery. And I'm just going to name off a few. And then I just would love it if you would kind of chime in with any you have to add and also think sure. um, like, what that's been like. Um, so we've already said, on call all the time, could leave at a moment's notice. Um, midwifery is sometimes a feast or famine profession. Mm-hmm. Um, Insurance checks come rolling in, and then sure. nobody calls for three months, and it can be a real roller coaster. With having, especially in this like solo solo entrepreneur reality, it can be a real mm-hmm. roller coaster sometimes. Um, sometimes there are uh, bad outcomes, and um, sometimes preventable, sometimes not preventable. Both come with yeah. really heavy emotions. Yeah. Um, and I, I and there's many other things. So tell us a little bit, like what's it been like being front row seat. Add mm-hmm. To the really big challenges.
0: Yeah, uh, the first word that comes to mind is overwhelming. Um, partners and midwives both need to understand the emotional needs and capacity of each partner. Um, a lot of times, Lisa will come home and she'll want to debrief a little bit about, you know, maybe what happened and these kind of things. Um, and I, I do my best to be supportive, but um, you know, to be honest, I'm just overwhelmed emotionally by the situation sometimes um and you don't want to say you know babe that that's all i can do you know what i mean um you know you want to talk to me about the challenging dystocia or the transport fine but you know this is like beyond my capacity um emotionally And, and frankly i can't you know i can't relate i don't i can try to be compassionate um but i don't i don't know what that feels like um i think early on in practice, there were a few times when she was really traumatized by, you know, a, a, a painful situation. And while I sat through it, because I understood that it was more painful for her than me, um, it really wore on me. And, you know, ultimately, when it calmed down, we had to have a conversation about, look, you know, I, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't be pro, I can't, um, I can't process that with you. It's more than I can do. And, on the other end, too, you know, I, from her as a midwife and maybe other midwives, um, you're not going to get the kind of processing that you might desire from a non midwife, right? When she yeah. processes with her midwife colleagues, it's a deeper understanding and a deeper compassion um, that helps her to move beyond. Um, one of the things, you know, I made the mistake of saying early on, just trying to do my best, was like, well, Mom and baby both survive, so that's all that matters. No, that's not all that matters.
1: Uh, uh-huh. definitely not
0: all that matters, but that's all I have.
1: Right. Um, right, right. So, yeah.
0: So for partners to be clear about their their boundaries and capabilities, and for midwives to be clear about what they need and where they can where they can get that. So try to be supportive, mm-hmm. but you have to have you have to have um, people outside of yourself. You know, one thing we learned early on is not, there's not one person that can fulfill all of your needs. Not yeah.
1: one person. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right? So you have,
0: so you have yeah. colleagues, you might have friends, you have parents or mentors, but to, to look for everything to be satisfied by one person is just chasing the wrong facing the wrong trail. It's a
1: recipe for disaster actually because you will yeah. always be let down and you will always live in resentment. So yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. 100%. And uh, of course that's why we created the Midway Free Wisdom Collective is mm-hmm. to be a soft place to land when people yeah. are struggling in this really really challenging profession. So but essential. you said something just so essential. Yeah, for sure. You said something so interesting. Um and I I I think it would resonate with other partners as well. You said mm. I'm not here for this like I'm here for you but I right. can't do this with you I can't process a dystocia or a transport and it, you've obviously learned so much over the years you're familiar with the terms now but but, I,
0: but yeah I, I like to say I'm a 19 year midwifery student uh, <laughs> exactly. I've only been to a couple births yep. and I haven't done any modules but you know I'm you know I'm on my yep. path <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. But I really I love that clarity. And of course, that's what we do know about you and why your relationship works so well is that you guys do show up so clearly for each other. Um, But I think a lot of um, partners don't have the self-confidence to come to that place and they might just let someone process and process at them. Um, and grow kind of a wall or grow Mm -hmm. a thick skin, which then of course creates distance in the relationship and not closeness. Yeah. And I I love what you said, because I think we should echo it louder and say like partners, it's okay to say, I'm not the right place for this. I'll hold you while you cry, Right. but I can't be your you peer review. I'm not a peer in this.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And and, And important for Midwest to understand that they're 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 seeking this level of processing that they just can't get from a layperson. They're just not going to get it because right. that layperson just doesn't understand.
1: Yeah. yeah, even even the compassionate 19 year student ones they
0: just don't, <laughs> don't quite understand. right. They don't right, quite right.
1: understand, and I think that's important. Um, yeah, and to make that distinction and that boundary ahead of time. What are and, some and again, of the back other back to
0: communication, um, right? Back to communication yeah, between to partners, communication. right? Yeah. Too many yeah. people just don't speak what's going on for them. And that gets you to trouble.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. Yeah, we think that not rocking the boat or mm-hmm. not being confrontational will keep things like harmonious and mellow. But actually, the opposite happens. Mm. Yeah. Well, so what are some of the other really challenging experiences of being married to a midwife?
0: Um, well, you did say, and I want to come back to it, you touched on that feast or famine. Um, mm reality. Um, That can be difficult. Um, I think maybe we were more uniquely suited to that because I've run my own business uh, for 25 plus years. And so it took, you know, we've gotten kind of used to that, um, that reality and and how to deal with it and how to cope with it emotionally. Um, But that will be a big challenge for any, for anybody going into to self-employment of any kind or home practice as a midwife. Um, learning how to cope with that, um, maybe having backup, um, alternative opportunities, or you know, kind of assessing or being clear about how how is this going to work financially for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of embittered partners who spent <clears throat> five years supporting. Um, a midwife through training and now they've got a new business and they're just not making the money still. And it's, you know, now you're gone all the time and we're not making money. I mean, this is a real, a real problem. It's a real challenge. Yeah. That's difficult. And uh, I don't know that it's for me to say how each team will work with that, but it, um, but it's a reality. It's part of that discussion up front. Look, this is what, this is how this is going to look in the beginning of a new business. Um, Yeah being realistic about those it.
1: expectations again. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like
0: it, it'd be great yeah. to think oh, I'm going to start this business and tomorrow I'm going to be like full time and plugged in and making good money. It's not usually the way it happens. Yeah. That's difficult. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think Lisa would be okay, um, for saying this because, um, you know, she's pretty open and she's in a transition phase in her life and right now and what have you. But, um, I know that Lisa in supporting other midwives and in her long career has had, um, some really challenging outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and no more than any other share, and this is not, you know, to be at all shining lights anywhere inappropriately, but just like to really come to this place, like if there were midwife, new midwives starting out, or actually if they got their partners to listen to this uh, podcast, what would you recommend in those moments? Um, you know, they call you from the birth and they're like, Oh my God, you know, I'm going right. to the hospital or, Oh my God. I'm, you know, um, a call I made once was I'm standing outside of the hospital. It's snowing and I'm in socks.
0: Right. right, right I have right. no
1: wallet. I have no car. Like, can you wow. please come get me? you know mm-hmm. like because if you transport so quickly you don't even have time to put shoes on like sure. you you don't you know so i'm just wondering like what 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 advice do you have or like how have you dealt with like the really really hard moments
0: well i you know lisa and i have had some hard moments um not just with her practice, um, you know. We were young parents. Um, I was in college. She had a lot of young kids at home. We didn't. We we didn't have a lot of money. Um, difficult, right? Um, we learned, and maybe it's just part of our personality to just to rally, to just rally. You know, this this is your partner. You do what is required um, for your family, for your partner. Um, in that instance. You get in your car and you drive to the hospital and it's just part of the sacrifice that goes along with partnership. And especially with partnership with the midwife, Um, you rally. You're lucky if you can develop some outside support. If you have family members, um, if you have friends, if you have good relationships with with colleagues, for instance, Um, you try to build that support system a little bit beyond the walls of your own household. As best you can. Um, marriage is tough, and you just got to rally sometimes. Family life is tough. You just have to show you have to show up, and it's just part of the program.
1: Where do you get um, that inspiration from? Like, I get that for you, it's so obvious. It's a, you have to. But like, yeah, I where wish does I had a better from? answer. I wish I where had a better answer from?
0: Or a more technical <laughs> answer. Um, I, reaching for technical answers by like expanding support system. Right. Being prepared, yeah, being those ready. layers of support. Um, yeah, I'm reaching for technical. You know, where do I get that inspiration at? I, I I don't know. I, I acknowledge that that's probably just a part of my personality and maybe that's you know, that's part of, of my privilege in the world is I have that kind of outlook and Lisa has that outlook. Um, you do
1: both have indomitable positivity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just have to—you just have to grab the bull by the horns in life, and you have to—you have to make it happen. And and maybe thats an, uh, you know, maybe that's a slightly narrow focus because I know some people just don't have those personality traits, and that's just not who they are. Um, but I can only speak from my. They can be my cultivated.
1: Experience. I think they can be cultivated so. for it's sure. an
0: attitude. It's an attitude. Um, it's always remembering this is not and this is not just an inconvenience. This is a partnership. This is she you know, she and I are working together, and this is our plan and our program. And when she needs me to rally for her, I do. And when I need her for me, she does. And um, it's an attitude and an agreement, I think
1: yeah and I, I like the opposite that with of that would be that your partner's requests cause you inconvenience or frustration or pain and they do.
0: yeah right? and they do
1: and so you have to flip that and be like my partner's requests are a part of my requests like They're I part see of them my, as my world
0: own. right part of our program right. team partnership right. you have to constantly remind yourself that you're on the same team working with the same goals right
1: yeah well I think some of our listeners um will be like jealous of Lisa. And I wonder if you could tell um people how to find someone more like you. Like what are the obvious traits? Like how how did you present? <laughs> Maybe this is a question for Lisa. But like how do they <laughs> How do they find people like you? Like what are some of those um you know that made you ripe to be a, a midwife's partner? Like hmm. What makes you so unique in that place and I, I think you are really unique i want you to know adam i think you really are
0: maybe so and, uh, thank I you i think yours and really
1: um, yours and lisa's relationship is really unique
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because it's not smoothing you didn't have a huge amount of like help or resources mm-hmm. um, you guys are really self-made and um and i i think that you are you've both grown tremendously in this relationship mm-hmm. as yeah, well
0: you know, I think that hits on an important point about partnership and marriage, right? I, my attitude is that we're here on this earth to learn and to grow and to grow spiritually as individuals. And I've found in the course of my life that the best way to learn and grow is in relationships with others. Because if you're sitting alone, you've got it all figured out and you've got it all together. And then you get a partner... Oh or a child that comes in and starts pushing your buttons and letting you know what the next piece of work you have to do is. Um, Mm. So so for me, in my attitude and my approach, and it's a meditation, right? I have to remind myself, it's an affirmation, right? I'm here to do work. I'm here to grow. I've chosen this partner. And the painful things that come are just a part of those lessons, right? They're an additional part of those lessons. If you don't wanna do it, you don't have to. You know, don't get married you live by yourself. That's, that's fine. It's a fine choice, you know, but if you choose partnership, you're choosing challenge. I have to constantly remind yeah. myself of that. I chose this. I'm choosing this. I'm active. <laughs> um, yeah. How do you find your partner? That's some I don't personal know.
1: responsibility right there. Yeah, I suppose, pretty, yeah.
0: Um, yeah. How do you choose your partner? I think I touched on this, right? Like you, you meet someone, you fall head over heels in love, and that's it. You're in what we don't often do is take an accounting of where we actually line up and for Lisa and I, we actually lucked out on a lot of really important things. Um, but I think it's natural that you, you're not going to line up on, on everything. Um, yeah. If you're on the path of midwifery to be clear about what, what traits you might need in a partner, right? Flexibility, openness, um, you know, maybe creativity, um, be, being able to be dynamic. You know, I've got people in my life, mm-hmm. who they make plans. And if there's one little adjustment, they're just thrown off and they're miserable. So like, that's not going to mm-hmm. be an easy trait to deal with. If you're in a situation or uh, an occupation where you're on call and things are dynamic and always changing. Um, I'm not saying that any of those assessments, Trump falling in love, but it probably be, be wise to assess some of those things before you, you know, and get into a deeper, deeper commitment. Not that I did. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I know we're so, we're so young and innocent, right. And then, mm. th- then it figures out. Yeah. Well, I, Adam, I'm just, I'm so grateful to have this conversation with you. You have so much wisdom to share. You belong on the midwifery wisdom podcast for sure. Mm. Um, I, I guess I would say as, as we wrap up, um, what is your, um, kind of hope for the future because you guys are in a transition Mm -hmm. um lisa's changing her practice style or location some Uh, i think you guys kind of had a move maybe in mind
0: yeah what's this
1: second stage what's this next stage Mm -hmm. and you know kind of from a broad perspective what are you hoping will stay the same or what are you hoping will change
0: yeah i think um it it seems to be that people change throughout the course of their lives most people Um, They evolve and they change and you need to allow yourself and your and your partner to change and evolve. Um, Sometimes we get comfortable. We want to hold each other to this form and, you know, we need to allow each other to change and evolve and and Lisa and I are both changing and evolving. She's moving from, you know, a solo home birth rural midwifery practice uh, to her next phase of work. You know, I've had my business for a long time, I'm moving to my next stage of work, looking at, you know, the next 15, 20 years, what's that look like? Um, So, so we are, we're, we from the Northwest, we met in the the Pacific Northwest, um, had some kids there, we moved down here, we've been down here about 10, 15 years, and for a lot of different reasons, we're, we're, we're kind of moving back up toward the Northwest. Um, She's really good, Lisa's really good at um, fleshing out her interests and opportunities. So she's kind of been assessing what does my next step look like? Well, it might look like this and it might look like this. And so there's this period of transition where she's testing those things out, feeling those things out. Um, So it is kind of a we're in this kind of flux in life where not exactly sure where we're going to end up. um, But you don't always have to know how you get to a place. Right. The first thing you really need to do is visualize where you want to be, what your goal is, what's what's that in piece, and it's not up to you to have all the steps figured out. You you visualize the goal, and then you start backing up and looking, you know, and moving toward it. And oftentimes, you know, the universe kind of rises to meet you in that way. Um, what will stay the same? You know, our partnership, our humor. We have humor in our marriage and our in our friendship, and that gets us through a lot. Um, Our our commitment to each other, our commitment to pursuing work with heart and meaning. Um, All the details are probably going to shift pretty, pretty strongly. Um, Yeah. So that's where we're at.
1: How beautiful. Well, all of my love to both of you, and um, you've both been on my podcast now, so I feel very lucky. I think our listeners are lucky to hear both of your wisdom. Um, If you want to listen to Lisa's interview, we'll link that um, in the show notes. Adam, thank you so much. I I wish you all nothing but the best, and uh, we're really grateful for you sharing your wisdom tonight. Thank
0: Thank you. you. Thank you, Augustine. I hope it's helpful in some way.